I wish I never heard of Columbine, Colorado, or Rivaldi, Texas, or Sandy Hook, or Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. I wish that every time I passed Austin College or Polytechnic, it wouldn't feel as though a shadow formed overhead. I wish that we could just stick to sports. We are a sports podcast network, and this is a sports comedy show, but before we get to the distraction portion of the proceedings, we want to take a moment to address the tra- tragedies that have occurred in the last 10 days. Politics are of no interest to me. I don't care for politicians, and I respect them no more than I would a con artist. They are supposed public servants, but seem to do little to s- save for serve their own private interests and further the political agendas that allow for them to fill their coffers and hold on to power. My interest is in people, society, and community. The following statement has nothing to do with political parties, but rather the general failing of the political structure to protect the c- its citizens, to serve their public, or to improve the lives of their constituencies. During the last two years, many rationalizations have been callously made to invalidate human life. COVID's death toll rose to 100 million people, and all the while, I heard people being dismissive and suggesting these people were mainly older, or, well, well, they were already sick, denying that potential life may lie, lie ahead of them. It was the first time I felt truly hurt by the apathy towards the loss of human life. Now, as 10 days separate a gunman's racially motivated attack in a Buffalo supermarket and a school shooting that left 19 elementary school, uh, ch- 19 elementary school children and two adults dead, we once again are forced to consider that those in charge of protecting people, society, and community have once again become apathetic to the toll of human life. How many days will it take for parents to forget the heartbreaking moment where their autopilot kicks in and they prepare to go pick up their children only to have their hearts broken with the realization that they will never see them again? How many days will it take a group of students to remember the smiling face of their teacher before the vision gets horrifically replaced by the sight of life draining from their mentors' faces? I've been an educator for 21 years. That's more years of my life than I haven't worked in that capacity. School is supposed to be a safe haven. Your hometown is supposed to be a source of pride. Words cannot describe the despair that teachers, professionals, principals must have felt in the helplessness tied to the memories of this act of senseless violence. The cities and towns that were rocked by these tragedies will never be the same. How do I know? Because I live in a city that grieved two such attacks. This has also led me to think back towards the powerlessness and fear we all experienced in the hours, days, and years that followed 9-11, a day so tragic that its memory can be denoted simply with numerical digits. We all remember where we were because we all remember how we felt. In a time since, protecting against the face of terror, terror became priority. Defeating autocracy and protecting freedom became paramount. What happens when terror comes in for... Uh, sorry, what happens... When terror comes from in your homes and in your communities. In this year alone, we've seen the, p- the pinnacle of democracy, the American capital, come under attack, instigated by a man who treasonously instigated an attack against his own country. We've seen books being banned and burned, rights stripped away from minorities and women. 20 w- 2021 saw 693 mass shootings. The Beacon for Freedom and Safety saw 3,545 people executed in public last year, and not halfway through this present year, we've seen 202 mass shootings, and 27 of which occurring in schools. Yet 50 senators uh, helped, sorry, 50 senators stall reform gun laws. They claim that this is all a mental illness issue, where many of the same senators block reform to a broken health system. Let's recap. Education is disrupted by politics so that only comfortable revisions of history can be told. Women look to lose, uh, to, to lose the right to make choices regarding their own medical procedures as this now becomes the purview of the state. Both cases led by a pseudo-religious moral compass in a country that once proudly defined the separation of church and state. A democracy threatened by greed and violence in the voice of autocratic theocracy has seen a rise in domestic terrorism on a scale that has never been seen in a developed nation. Militants hold firearms to the temples of children and innocent bystanders, while propagandists and politicians take no measure of accountability and attempt no change. I'm sorry, America, but from where I'm standing, the Taliban won. Welcome, everyone. Uh, I'm Peace Del Riz. I'm your host for uh, Not Sauce for Work. 
on the Hot Sauce Sports Podcast Network. Um, that's not how we normally start our shows, but it's been a difficult couple of weeks for those of you like us who have family friends who live south of the border and for anybody who uh, feels that toll of, uh, of human life, of loss of human life. It's a bit of a heavy start. I know we will get into the ridiculousness as always. Uh, this week on Not Sauce for Work, of course, Terry Time is off. As you've noticed for the visual audience, John Eamon joins us. How's it going, John? Good. Thanks for having me. It's good to see you guys again. Um, and P just wanted to say um, the way you articulated that and put that into words I thought was phenomenal. Um, I lack that ability. I, I'm not great at putting my emotions and feelings into words, um, but I thought that you, you did a spectacular job and I think that you really, you, you speak for everybody here with, with what you said in that. Well, we, we have our, our text group, and I kind of know the sentiment that we feel as a, as a group, right, as a, all of us at Hot Sauce Point. And so it's, um, it's hard to convey all of the different thoughts of things that are related <laughs> to just things we've seen going back to the last two years and, and see how it's, how it's felt for all of us. Um, you know, there's room to, to debate sort of, uh, you know, the politics of it all, but to me anyway that's that's never been an interest i don't particularly care because uh, i don't have the same kind of faith in, in bipartisan politics that a lot of people do um i think it's important to hold people uh to the powerful to hold them accountable and and uh for people who have a uh a platform like we do i think it's important and, and that's why we, we use it the way we do um so thanks for joining me john terry's not available so you uh took a break from the uh, battle of alberta and you're joining us. It's fun to have feet on the ground, yeah. that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm the uh, the Montreal infiltrant into the uh, Calgary Sea of Red. It's been a lot of fun. If we have were winning, I'm sure it would be a lot more fun, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. we'll get there. <laughs> have you um, looked into both organizations uh, as a spy to find out what we could do to not suck as Montreal Canadiens fans? Yes and no. I've okay. been trying to go a little <laughs> bit more. I've been trying to find those leaked sec tapes that they're hiding, yeah. Yeah. but no luck so far. No luck yet, huh? I'm kind of giving Calgary a bit of a pass. You know, it's my home <laughs> city now. So, um, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be trying to dig in there, get some of their uh, top-notch analytical back or insights, and and try and steal that from Montreal so that uh, we avoid drafting first overall for futures or the yeah. next couple of years. How did you feel about people celebrating um, that we were picking first overall? I was like, this. To me, it was just like we're not supposed to be that fan base. We're not no. supposed to be that team. I mean, it's a nice consolation prize. I'll take that in that sense. But um, it's like you were saying when we had the conversation a couple weeks back. If you're comparing yourself to the bottom five organizations in the league, that's that's where your problem is. Yeah. We shouldn't be comparing ourselves to those. We should be comparing ourselves with the teams that are continuously year over year being the top teams in the league and have found ways to do it for not just a couple of years, but over the span of decades at this point. And Montreal needs to get back to that. And we have an example that we'll talk about that later in the show. Uh, just to give everyone a little rundown of what we're going to be doing. Uh, obviously, the NBA and NHL playoffs, we'll be talking about that today. Eagles, by the way, in studio. I haven't addressed Eagle. Um, I am a person. Yeah, Hello. you're a person. I'll, I'll just do the breakdown and get your thoughts, uh, and then we'll move on to the news. Um, the NBA and NHL playoffs, we'll be talking about that. Obviously, that's the 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 main source of our stories um a former nfl player uh challenges norms and then we bring back a fan favorite segment so i'm excited for that we'll also discuss nazim uh kadri's social media posts um i've heard nazim and, and sort of like a nazim like a swallowed e sound which is the right way john nazim nazim okay great nazim kadri the more swallowed i sound got it yeah um, <laughs> So we'll get into that, of course, and much more on this episode of Not Sauce for Work on the Hot Sauce Sports Podcast Network. Um, Eagle, I went off on a little bit of a rant. I know uh, you and I, specifically when it comes to these kind of issues, we, we tend to agree because we like when people are not dead. So Less thoughts <laughs> and prayers, more policies and action. Yeah, more do shit. More do shit, absolutely. And, and I always love the whole argument of like, well, their plan wouldn't have solved this. Okay, come up with a better plan then, yeah. you smart politician. You know what you? also didn't solve it? <laughs> the doing zero things. The doing zero things did not solve it. Um, and, and it's, like I said, it's, it's a whole lot of things all at once. It's, um, it's just losing faith in, in a country that I, I was proud to call a neighbor for many years and where I have a second home, you know, and uh, it's, uh, 
it's it's heartbreaking uh to see it's heartbreaking to see it's it's disar- it's absolutely disheartening to see and of course like you know uh we're not in a glass house we're not unaffected by these things i mentioned in 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 uh, uh, my my rundown that um we've had these issues as well on a different scale of course so um you know we're just calling if it happened here we'd be talking about it here and it just so happened to happen in the united states as it tends to more often than not um but anyway uh, we got a lot of stuff to get to, and we'll break from that tone because, at the very least, if we can help distract people from tragedy, I'd love to do that. So I think, Eagle, it's time to get to the news. Ah, Terry, it's the news. Is it now? <laughs> it is. It is. I love how you know the trigger <laughs> word. <laughs> you said it with the same kind of um, disdain and disdain <laughs> as Terry has. That's pretty good. Um, I want to start in the NBA. Um, this is cool because behind the scenes, we all have sort of our, our specialties. Um, we all sort of have a meeting point on NFL football where we all sort of know the league pretty well. Uh, but I'm a self-admitted NHL casual, but I'm a big NBA fan. Uh, you're the NH. If I, if 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 FBI, sorry, if uh, if uh, if uh, hot sauce sports. Sorry, I have another podcast <laughs> after this that I'm also prepared for. If uh, hot sauce sports had a uh, basketball expert, it would be me. If we had a hockey expert, it'd be you. So I'm glad we have the two of us to go over the uh, the playoffs here. Um, we'll start with the NBA because uh, I want to get I do want to give you some room for for the NHL stuff, of course. Um, I want to start with a, a question, and then you know that'll open some conversation. Why do we forget the Warriors are amazing? Like um, when they lost to, to 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 the Toronto Raptors, it took an Herculean effort by Kawhi Leonard, so much so that his body doesn't look the same anymore. Yeah. Like, they, they drained every last ounce of what of Kawhi's special sauce and. Uh, now we saw them lose Durant in that series. Uh, Durant no longer with the team, but Clay Thompson also went down, essentially missed two seasons. Um, and now that they're full strength, that trio of players with the same trio of players who won 73 regular season games, a record-setting 73 games, and yet yeah. they seem to be shocking the world uh, with, with their amazing play. I think it's it's got to be partially two things. One, short-term memory our short-term results are always going to skew people's perspectives of teams. Yeah. Um, and then the fact that they've had those injuries the last couple of years, people just were so quick to write them off because that's what people want to do when teams start winning. Um, there's this weird innate thing where sometimes when teams are so good, you just want to see them fail. Mm-hmm. So when Golden State wasn't absolutely dominating during the regular season, it was like, well, I guess this year isn't their year, and I guess KD was the missing factor. Um, yeah. But... They're the, it's I mean okay it's they, insane. They, they lost the best scorer in the NBA. That's understandable. It's gonna have it's gonna have an impact. Uh, but at the same time, you know, again, the the team itself was really good, and yeah. the pieces they have around them are, I would venture to say, better now than uh, they had. You know, the Andrew Wiggins contract looked like an albatross, but I saw it as who cares? It's short term anyway. Um, yeah, I, I like to say, by the way, the Andrew Rig- Wiggins story is from riches to riches because it looked like it's a bad contract. He's going to be playing playing for veterans maximum the rest of his career, uh, veterans minimum uh, the rest of his career. And then uh, balls out for the Warriors as a fourth piece. He's going to sign somewhere as a number one piece and not not fulfill that role again, unfortunately. Yeah, they just he's have gonna, those he's three gonna be great, pieces. He's going to be great to watch uh, in Sacramento doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens with Golden State, I find. Like, they have a lot of parallels to Tampa, which we'll get into. Um, but they just have this core nucleus that doesn't want to leave. They're happy playing with each other, and they just bring out the best in the people that, that the GM brings on as the additional pieces. And what, it just it works. It's the thing I, I talk about often where there's good organizations, there's bad organizations. And uh, some teams historically have been good organizations. For example, when the Montreal Canadiens had unique rights to all players in Quebec when hockey wasn't played all over the world, they were an awesome organization. Uh, we've, we often don't tell that part of the story when we <laughs> Cups. But, um, you know, when we look at the NBA, you know, the Miami Heat 
and, and we'll get to them in a second, the Boston Celtics, the Lakers, the, the, the Warriors and Raptors in recent times, it seems as though they don't need these extended periods to rebuild. The Warriors look like they've also already rebuilt. Like Kaminga and, and Wiseman aren't even playing these playoffs because they don't need them, and they're likely going to make mistakes because of their inexperience. So they can have them on the bench along with Jordan Poole, and that looks like your trio of the future. Even if it's not exactly that, you have assets you can turn into into superstar players in the future. It's it's cool. It's cool to watch uh, that happen in real time. the The Celtics go up three two, um, and the toll of injuries in the NBA playoffs has been rough. Like I don't remember a series that's been three two, and at various points I thought. Basically, whoever won the last game, I'm like, oh, well, it's over. The Heat are winning. Oh, well, it's over. The Celtics are winning. Like, they win in such dominant fashion because essentially right now, and, and we'll, we'll look at the, how the Heat have played, especially the la- last night where um, the shots are just not going in because Jimmy Butler has no legs. Uh, Tyler Hero is not playing. Um, Kyle Lowry looks can't like... Can't hit a, a shot. He, he can't... He can't hit anything because again he's he's beat up and the Lakers sorry the, the Celtics started the series without Marcus Smart without without Robert Williams and now that they've returned they're the dominant team and there's all these huge swings and it seems all related to health absolutely and it's it's kind of I I've been watching that kind of series on and on between hockey and it just the last two games the the Heat have just kind of looked a little bit lifeless they're they're not scoring they can't do anything and they're a great defensive team, but if you can't put up more than 80 points, it's, you're hard-pressed to win. They scored the other day. Um, they scored, I think it was game four. They scored one point in the first eight minutes. And I was thinking to myself, would you rather go eight minutes and only score a single point or in a whole quarter and not score? Like, I, I almost <laughs> think one point in, in eight minutes is uh, more embarrassing because it's not even a field goal. You scored... You're not, you're not even perfect at the line. You can only score at the line. You're clearly not getting there often enough. Oh, it was it was uh, hard to watch. And and I've been saying I, when healthy, the Heat to me are are one of the best teams because of how well they can d- defend. Um, but you know Boston seems to be healthier and just seem to be a little bit better offensively. And um, when I'm when I'm watching the Heat, what comes up interestingly is. They don't talk about Jimmy Butler as a superstar because he does this weird thing where he's kind of good during the regular season but becomes phenomenal during the playoffs. These playoffs, uh, through the first two rounds, in terms of advanced metrics, he was Michael Jordan. Like That's the level of, of efficiency he was playing at. That's the level he was playing at. And then he gets hurt, and he, he, he tried to make a 23-foot jump shot, and it went 21 feet. It was it was like when kids are playing basketball and have not yet learned the game. He he shot a three, and this one actually went in. He took a set shot where he, you don't leave the ground. Um, I haven't seen that since, like, I was watching film from the 70s. Yeah. I, I've never seen a set shot in an NBA game in the modern NBA. It's it's not done. It's just that's how beat up they are. Um, it's uh, It's getting hard to watch. But at the same time, they say, like, you know, Jimmy Butler, not a superstar. And you look at what the Heat look like without him. And then on top of that, Eric Spolstra has been to six Eastern Conference Finals with the Heat. Um, sorry, five, because the, the, the sixth one was Riley was still the coach. But So he's been there five times in a yeah. relatively short run. No, six. Sorry, six. It is six because the bubble, they went to the finals. So, yeah, six, six um, NBA Finals in, I want to say, nine years or nine seasons. And he's never won a coach of the year. And okay, well, he didn't win when he had when he had the big three because you know, yes, you should win with those players. Yeah. But he made a finals with Jimmy Butler, who's apparently not a superstar, as his best player, and he made it to another Eastern Conference Finals. And but, you can't say it's the bubble this time, and still not getting credit as coach of the year. I I don't know what he has to do. He's going to be the yeah. best coach to never win coach of the year. <laughs> he's gonna have all the accolades, but he's gonna have no trophies. It's gonna make no, it makes no sense to me. I don't I don't know what else you have to do. Do you have like a, a hockey comp for that where a guy um, doesn't get credit uh, for v- v- a variety of reasons, and then when it's clear cut, like he should be winning 
a trophy just other people are getting coach of the year or whatever the uh, NHL equivalent is? No, I mean, in recent memory, like most of the coaches that have had teams that were winning have won the trophy. I mean, you can you can kind of look at John Cooper, I guess, if you want. Nobody wants to give him any credit for anything just because of how dominant Tampa's been. But you've never really seen a team like Miami that's had this narrative of no superstars, like you were saying, where the coaches just constantly brought them to finals repeatedly and gets no credit. Well, I also think Jimmy Butler's better than people think. Oh, Absolutely. That's what I was going to say. Like, if there's any, if there's a player that you want to lead you into battle down three two, it's, it's a guy like Jimmy Butler because he'll yeah. leave it all on the court. I just, I just think that largely, like media generalists and fans in general don't understand ba- uh, basketball defense, and so they don't understand how valuable him and Bam Adebayo are. Bam Adebayo, yeah. <laughs> I thought should have been defensive player of the year. I don't think Tyler Hero should have been sixth man because he played thirty minutes a game, and um, <laughs> and I, and I thought I thought Spolster should have been uh, coach of the year. But um, you know, like it's, it's um, it's interesting. I just I just thought it was a weird a weird situation to happen. Um, for for the NHL, I was big Chris Johnson, who used to write for us uh, on Hot Sauce Sports. I I was big on um, Florida last year, and I told Chris, I said, "Hey, they're a fun team to watch. I don't watch a ton of hockey, uh, but if I have the choice to watch." Them, or at the time, the joke was them or the Islanders. Uh, I'd much rather watch uh, Flo- uh, the, the Panthers oh, yeah. because they're they're a fun brand of hockey. Uh, he was saying, like, yeah, I'm not sure if that's, like, going to be successful and sustainable long term. But um, I was I was pretty indignant. And I'm like, no, if you can score that way, you can win uh, in the playoffs. Um, and they looked worse against Tampa this time around than last time. They scored three goals in a uh, four-game sweep. Oh yeah, it was so like it's it's hilarious too because they scored three goals in four games after averaging four goals per game, and you couldn't even do that over an entire series. Um, they couldn't do and the, once in a series. Yeah, not even once. And I think the playoffs things finally caught up to Florida. Like I, I don't remember the exact number, but they won like seventy percent of their games this year, at like by comeback, by way of comeback. They were constantly behind, and then the other team would just sit back on their heels, play defensively to hold the lead. And, you can't do that against Florida. They'll open up the ice and they'll just come at you wave after wave, and they, they can score. They can. Yeah. But you, you know, you go up against Vasilevsky, who's, I would say, probably the best goalie in the league at the moment, and, and, you know, the Tampa can clamp it down. They can win any way that they want to because they can just play to the style that will just destroy their team's confidence and their flow, and that's exactly what happened to Florida. So, if you're looking at Florida. Um the, the, the question we going in was uh, defense. Mackenzie Weger and Ben Shiro uh, were awful um, in this series. Uh, the defensive goaltending was the, issue, was the issue during the season. I thought Bobrovsky was okay considering um, the, the types of chances Tampa was generating were all high percentage, largely due to the terrible defense of the gentlemen that were aforementioned. But um, at the same time, um, you, you drafted this goaltender um and spencer knight who's supposed to be the future um bobrovsky is still minding that understandably knight is young but with bobrovsky's performance in this postseason has he done enough that florida can move that contract and sort of build around this core that they have or is this looking like the end of that tight window for florida you won't find a team looking to contend who will take on Bobrovsky. It's just way too much money. He's not good enough. He's not performing to the value of his contract. Mm-hmm. You can probably dump it off to a team like Arizona, depending on how much cash, like actual cash to be paid is left on that contract. But I don't know what else top of my head. Issue, isn't the issue that if you're going to eat a bunch of cap, you can't keep this team together? Uh, well, if they make the cap space, they can keep the team together. They have some. They have some things going for them. Um, they're about to lose. I think it's a little over. Like it's five point two million dollars in dead cap space that's coming off the books next year with uh, Keith Yandel and Scott Darling, which is huge. Um, they do have some issues like the Barkov contract, the Carter Verhage contract are coming into play next year for both of their raises. Um, which at the end, and they of next still year, have. Right? Uh, no, start of next year. Oh, start of next year. Oh, I thought they had another year. My yeah. But they do still have a little bit of cap space. Um, they still do have some flexibility. I think they still have about $26 million to spend next year, if I'm not mistaken. But they don't have a full roster set. Like They still have to fill out almost an entire bottom six. 
Um, they probably need some help on defense. So there's things that can be done. And Bill Zito is a mastermind when it comes to just finding value contracts. He's been doing it since he took over in Florida. Um, but their issue is, is that if they can't build through free agency, they, they've got no pieces left for the trade deadline next year. They've traded away this year's first, next year's first. I think next year's or a second round two years from now. Like They went all in this year, and it just it didn't work. Yeah, so was that a question of the, the pieces they brought in or, or just the strategy in general failed? I think it was just the, it was they, they hit an immovable object in the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, I think people, similar to the Warriors, they were just so willing and so quick to write them off because of who they lost in, in their depth pieces from their third line last year. But yeah. that's, well, that's what Tampa point, does. Green point going down also. Yeah, exactly. And the fact, the fact that Tampa just dominated them this badly without points, I think is, a, is more of an ego shot to the Florida Panthers than anything like on top of everything else. Um, but we'll see what they can do next year. Um, I don't think Claude Giroux is going to stay unless he's willing to take a heavy discount. But I mean, a guy who's at that point of his career, why not? He might do that just to, to stay on a team that has a chance to win. Um, if they can move Bobrovsky, I think the, they have infinite amount of possibilities. I just, I'm a little bit nervous if they don't have the pieces to, to, facilitate that trade to make a team want to take on that contract. Um, and I think Spencer Knight, like you said, he's going to be the goalie of the future, but you usually don't get a goalie of the future in the middle of your Stanley Cup run. You usually get a goalie of the future while you're rebuilding, so that goalie has time to progress with the team. Where Spencer Knight's being thrown into a situation where it's like, okay, well, you need to win now. Like, you don't have growing pains. You don't have that luxury because we can't afford it as a team. So I think that's part of the reason why they weren't so quick to throw him to the Sharks sort of thing. Um, they wish I mean, it was the Sharks. Instead, it was the Lightning. <laughs> I know. Exactly. <laughs> what uh, I found interesting about this series, and uh, Alex the intern was like, oh, wow, I can't believe Tampa dominated. I'm like, well, if you look at even the regular season results, I mean. Tampa, and even going back to last season. Exactly. Like, like Tampa has Florida's number. I think, and here's an interesting thought. If Toronto had won that series... You think Florida advances? What you're mentioning is not a possibility because <laughs> this series took place in the second Toronto round. Toronto in the second round. Yeah. I don't know. Like, you're like, what? If, what if Jesus came down and, and played for for Florida Panthers? <laughs> like, yeah, obviously that would be sick, but it's never gonna happen. You know, what? What if? What if the shark and jaws didn't look real? Uh, I'm sorry. What if the What if the shark and jaws looked real? It, it's never gonna happen, man. It just is what it is. Um, yeah, I. I, I to, to agree to Eagle's point, though, I do think that would have been a closer matchup. Uh, but given, I mean, I think regardless of the fact that they haven't won as many championships as, as maybe people would have expected during this, this Tampa run, um, it's safe to call this a Tampa Bay Lightning dynasty at this point because they, they have some success behind them. They, they, I think they still have a window ahead of them as well. Uh, before Colorado basically owns the league for two decades. So, um, Breeze Bud doing some cap magic in a couple of years to make it work, some players being injured at just the right time. So, so, <laughs> <laughs> so other, other than cap manipulation and sort of like you mentioned, John, the, the fact that um, these guys just seem to like playing there, like playing together. Um, what, how has Tampa been able to, to keep all of this together and see all the success? It starts with Vasilevsky. You, you, it's, it's hard to find a goalie of that caliber. Um, they don't come around very often. I know, so. we, we had one um, in Montreal and then, for a long time, and we wasted his entire career. Exactly. We ruined his life. We ruined uh, his life. I think that they, they've got a very good foundation, like you said. Their left side on defense is just one, two, three, and those guys can play top four minutes on any team in the league. Yeah. And then they've done a very good job of just complementing those guys, complementing their skill sets with guys – along the right side, whose contracts won't cost you a lot of money, but they'll bring out the best in the guy they're playing with on the left-hand side. Um, they've got a top six that can go head-to-head with anybody, and Julian Breezeblad just is not afraid to go out and just buy the best value contracts he can find, and he'll spend for them. Like, they got Brendan Hagel for two first-round picks, I believe it was. Like, he's not afraid. Like, he knows that this is their moment, and he's, he's just all in. Every single year, they're all in. They did, Like, they understand that this is their window, and you know, it might be tough sliding for Tampa in five years or something like that, but I mean, they'll cross that bridge when they get there because they know that they can ride the wave of winning as many cups as they can in this window for for a long time afterwards. Not for sure. 
for sure. It's um, it's been impressive to watch. Um, I remember um, having conversations about Tampa Bay when they lost that. That I think it was like three years ago. Uh, 2019. 2019, right? And they, they lost yeah. early in the playoffs, and, and there's a lot of criticisms. It's like, oh, well, see, people kept pounding their chest. See, this can't work. And I was like, why are people saying a collection of talent can't work in a professional sports league? I don't, I don't understand. I, nobody was making an argument that made any sense to me, and, and they've been validated, of course, uh, in that time. So, um, No. And that's the funny thing, too, is that people who are sitting around saying, you know, Florida needs to blow it up. Like, you just need to look at Tampa in 2019, like you said. And there's there's a lot of parallels to them. I don't think that Florida but, has the same. can they do that? Like, can they get, like, because, again, because of the age of Spencer Knight, I feel like there's more, there's closer parallels to Spencer Knight, Carey Price, Montreal Canadiens than there is with, with For sure. Florida like, and Tampa. Just because where they are. like They're like, definitely not carbon copies of each other in any sense. Um, but... Florida does have the talent where if you can make yeah. the money work, you have pieces that you don't need to blow this up. You just need to be smart about it. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to it. I, uh, I've kind of, uh, I, as I ignored the Canadians this year because I, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I made this point when we talked about um, the new, um, the new reign in the front office, where I said uh, I've given them my loyalty uh, for thirty plus years, and they have since let me down every year since 1993 they've let me down so uh at this point they need to earn it back so i was like I, i'm not watching them this season i'm not doing it it's not worth it i can't do it so if i was <laughs> watching hockey i was watching a much more interesting team often the florida yeah, panthers often um, yeah and they, i look i'm not i'm not even ashamed to, to, to admit it i watched more maple leaves than i did montreal canadians because we can laugh 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 we didn't make the playoffs we got the number one pick they don't yeah they don't so, um, yeah, it's um, it's it's been it's been fun to watch. I hope they, I do hope they can keep it together. What can you tell us about sort of the vibe of the Battle of Alberta? Like, it would be a shame to not have you do some on-site correspondence, right? Like you're there, so you're I on know. the show today. Tell us about how it's been like. Uh, tell us what playoffs feel like, uh, John. Yeah, so I mean, I know you guys aren't used to it, but uh, no, it's really cool. Calgary has this, like, it's considered a small market, but the whole city is absolutely enamored by the Flames, similar to what it's like in Montreal. Mm -hmm. Just the, the population size is way different, so it just seems everything's magnified, magnified and everything's bigger in Montreal. But Calgary has a full city behind them, and the Battle of Alberta has just been absolutely nuts. It's every single night that there's a game, the whole city is at the bar. Yeah. Oilers... Flames, it doesn't matter. Like, I went to a bar for game two, and I think the four people sitting next to me were all Oilers fans. Like, there is a lot more Oilers fans here than you think. It's a lot of fun. Um, any any but, fun bar fights you've seen between fans? Because, like, I've seen there's situations where some um, players were, like, being almost harassed in the elevator by some fans and everything, like, going to the hotel room, like, oh, we're on the same floor, bud. You're in for a bad time tonight, bud. That doesn't surprise me. I, it's been, from what I've seen, it's been pretty calm. Um, you know, they have, a, they have a street down here called the Red Mile, which is kind of like the St. Catherine of Calgary. Mm -hmm. uh, very popular city, like very popular street, tons of bars. I guess it's probably more closer to Crescent than anything. But that place, when the Flames win, that whole street is packed. You're bound to see some, some stupidity, um, to put it lightly. But... Um, it's been, it's just been cool. Uh, even at work, like we deal with a lot of people out of the Edmonton office and every single call we get on, our entire office are wearing Flames jerseys. Everybody in their office is wearing Oilers jerseys. It's just a, it's a complete back and forth. Um, and it, it's, it's for complete pride. And it's, it's two cities that are completely behind their team. And yeah, like everyone says, like if, if it goes, if Calgary loses, like there might not be a city left if they lose to the Oilers. Yeah, let's hope not. Let's hope not. The, uh, <laughs> on the other side, like Edmonton was the butt of the jokes for so long. With the, like, I remember seeing the, the the memes where they would post a picture of a young McDavid, and then uh, McDavid a couple years in the league. I guess they just caught him on a bad day where he looked awful, and it's like this is what playing for Edmonton will do for you. Uh, he looked like a meth head um, <laughs> in, in in more recent pictures. So. Um, How's that been as a hockey fan, John? Just to see, um, perhaps the the be well, not even perhaps the the best player in the NHL finally being able to make a run in the in the NHL playoffs. 
it's it's like man it's hard to put into words what it's been like godlike mode for mcdavid um yeah. and it's such a shame that it's coming up against the flames for at least for flames fans um He's on another level. Like it, it just—I've never seen anything like this. We've seen some incredible playoff performances over the years, um, but this is this is just complete and utter dominance. If he gets three steps, and there's nobody within five feet of him, it's a scoring chance. And it doesn't matter where he has the puck in the zone; he can curl from behind his net. And if he gets three steps, he's going the whole way. And what he's so good at doing is that his speed forces defensemen to sit back because they can't stand up with the blue end against him. He'll go right around you. And he can turn on a dime and just cut straight into the middle of the ice where the defenseman's already back into their goalie and then just rip a shot straight from the middle of the slot. And you know he's doing it, but you can't do anything about it. It's, um, I mean, look, obviously I'm not making a comparison of, like directly between the two players, but I remember, I'm old enough, unfortunately, to remember Prime Gretzky and his ability to carry over the blue line was kind of that, where... And I just thought that because of the general level of athleticism, like, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s versus now, um, we, we wouldn't see that again. Um, and especially no, the, I'm the, with you, yeah. Especially the, 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 uh, the clutching NHL of the early 2000s made it look like we'd definitely never see that again. And they've opened up the ice, but still, it just it, to see someone be amongst the best athletes in the world and be that much more athletic is always going to amaze me. It's oh yeah, and it's. it's I, I found the clip, you. by the way, so we can uh, we can actually watch this together here. Let's do it. You'll probably enjoy this. Guys, got to pick it up next game if you want to win or something. This is oil country, fellas. Yeah. You ain't gonna get <laughs> it done yeah, yeah, yeah. like this in Flames Country, boys. Harvey. Wait, you had the Got to have a better PK, better peeper, and you got to get past Smitty. Oh, we're the same floor, fellas. Oh, this sucks for you guys. Eh? <laughs> You should let us get in this room. <laughs> the Canadianness <laughs> in that trash talk is pretty wild. I never thought to hear trash talk with so many A's in it. <laughs> I've got to pick it up next game if you. That's how you know. Whenever, whenever I hear Canadians who aren't in Quebec speak, I'm reminded of like, oh, that's why the rest of the world thinks we talk that way because we do. Um, <laughs> it's just our weird francophoneness prevents us from sounding that way. Um, oh yeah. But yeah, so it's uh, it's it's definitely a fun series. I'm I'm hoping you know I'm hoping it doesn't lead to riots and so on. To your point, John, because um, I'm I'm hoping there's a rivalry we can see in future seasons. And like Calgary Same. didn't even make the playoffs last year, you know, and so no, um, yeah, like the the turnaround that they've had from this year to last year has been awesome. And uh, what I'm really hoping for is that the TSN turning point of this series is that Duke now has a Flames hat. Because I've officially brought him onto the bandwagon. Yeah. And yeah. he just brings that good luck Duke charm. You know what I mean? It hasn't worked for the Raiders. Or the Knicks. Or the Knicks. No. It hasn't <laughs> worked. Fair, the Knicks are beyond uh, supernatural help, I believe. So, um, like, like, we talked about if Jesus came down, he would not help the Knicks. It just, they, it, nothing could be done. No miracles, no. nothing. Uh, we're bringing back... Um, an old segment we haven't done in a little while. I'm looking at Eagle trying to get eye contact to see if it's ready or not. Of course it's ready. Nice, because it wasn't ready when I asked you. I'm the 15, best producer ever. 15 minutes ago, it wasn't ready. That's why I'm asking. Of course it's ready. <laughs> I say confidently. <laughs> so we call this segment, John. I'm, I'm going to introduce to you as well as uh, the audience. It's called uh, Sauce Against Humanity. It is like Cards Against Humanity. Eagle presents a a, uh, a black card. A black card. That uh, is a description of the card, not any characteristic of it other than its color. Correct. Correct. Uh, we can define cards by color. It's okay, Eagle. It's not a human person. Um, so the black card will come up. It'll have uh, some blank spots in it, and we ad lib creatively to make it enjoyable and fun, or stupid, or mean. Um, and, <laughs> and we do all these things uh, as I continue to buy time to let Eagle start the segment. All right, so for our first card, we're going to start with an F1 topic one. Uh, Charles Leclerc's power unit died in the Spain Grand Prix, so Ferrari took decisive action and blank the mechanics. Oh, uh, hired prostitutes for all the mechanics. All right, that's good. So should yeah. I see the whole thing, rather? No, you can just, that's fine. Okay. John, you have anything uh, you think you can win the point? 
No, my default whenever I did Mad Libs was just put fart in the blank, so I don't oh, think it would work oh, in this man. one. Man, fart in the case is pretty good. <laughs> oh, jeez. Eagle? I gotta go with yours, though. Farts, right. yeah. <laughs> good, but not that good. Yeah. All right, John, you get to start. Yeah, it's this. a warm-up. It's a warm-up. You get to start yeah. this next one here, okay? Okay. If they just added blank, baseball games would be so much more entertaining. Strippers. Mm, that's not bad. That's that would be very entertaining baseball. Yeah. I mean, like, even, like, the NHL has, like, the cheerleaders, but it's, like, the ice cheerleaders or whatever it is, which, by the way, that's very cool to be on the ice it's in that true, outfit. It's true. Do you guys ever see, uh, you ever see Red Penguin? It's a movie about a pro team in Russia, and they used to literally bring strippers to, like, hand out shots in the stands. This is the best hockey ever. Why so, did you not do this year? Well, my wife used to live in Atlanta, and she would see Thrasher's games where there were cheerleaders. So when we went to our, our first game together in Montreal, it was in a luxury box, to which she turned to someone, uh, the person who which got us the tickets in the luxury box, and said, hey, how come there's no cheerleaders? And the person thought, of course, well, you're being ridiculous. There's no cheerleaders in hockey. But it's because her NHL experience had cheerleaders. <laughs> so let's see. If they just added blank, baseball games would be so much more entertaining. Uh, I'm going to go with football. If they just added football, baseball games would be much more entertaining. As much as I would agree with you, I'm going to take strippers. Cause I mean, yes. Yeah. Yeah, because I watched well. a lot of Expo games as a kid. Strippers would have been like we wouldn't have sold three thousand tickets. You wouldn't put it have been able way, to right? get in as yeah. a kid, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, I'm playing the judge, not the game on this one. Uh, all right, peas, you get the next one here. Yeah. Almost two months until NFL training camp starts, and we still don't know about blank. <laughs> oh, um, we still don't know about whether sexual assault matters. Ooh, too real hashtag. <laughs> I wanted to make it as uncomfortable and cringy for everyone as possible. <laughs> Let John shine instead. Uh, we're almost two months until NFL training camp starts, and we still don't know about Woody Johnson's sex tape. Mm. You don't. I'm gonna go with a tie on this one because I prefer John answer, but it's hard to avoid reality. <laughs> <laughs> My brain immediately went to where pieces went to, so we're on the same page. There we go. All right, John, you get the next one here. This should be a fun one for you. To address his solvency issues, Evander Kane has started to blank and blank. Oh. My brain keeps saying shake and bake. All right. I mean, that works. He's it put up 12 work. goals, so that works. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with, uh, to address his solvency issues, Evander Kane has started to sell his Blu-rays and move into his mom's house. Peace, I'm going to give you the point on this one here. Can John, you, you want a second try at this instead of shake and bake? Um, no, no. All right. We'll be here a while. I think I think the other try would be to address his solvency issues. Evander Kane has started to fart and fart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and our last cards against humanity and peace. I think you'll appreciate this. Fifty-six-year-old John Daly stays in shape for the PGA Tour by blank. <laughs> by fried chicken. That's probably true too. That's the worst part. <laughs> I'm jealous. I, I wish. I honestly wish. Um. Not that I can look like him and be a pro athlete, because I already kind of do. So I wish I could just be a pro athlete, I guess is what I'm saying. John, what do you got? I'm going to go with, uh, he stays in shape by the power of Miller Lights and DeMaurier's. Point John, That's point John. Good. Fried chicken good. is good, but the, the alcohol and smoke but diet. But imagine how many Miller Lights he has to drink. That's what makes it most impressive. That's really... Because I think, like, if he drinks stronger beers, he, he couldn't have as many, so he actually might gain less weight. But by drinking so many 90-calorie beers, he gains weight because they're not strong Not enough. to mention, you don't need water. You can just hydrate. Yeah. We need to, we exactly. Need to do, we need to get an advanced analytics uh, team that looks into the to, like, drinking efficiency. So, like, the NBA has true shooting. We'd have true shots. Um, we, instead of, like, 
Um, offensive rating, we have offensive rating. How many drinks you get before you're getting belligerent kind of thing. Um, yeah, that'd be fun. We should, ha we should have, we should have a, a drinking analytics department. If, if there's any way to spend all of our money, it should be that. That's the one thing we should do. So I wasn't exactly tracking points on this, but I think it's a tie. There we go. Tie game. Tie game. It's not the playoffs, so no overtime. This brings us to rapid we fire topics. Penalty shots next time. Where if it's a tie, we just scream Ooh. words until Eagle declares a winner. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like terrible radio. Yeah, I know. <laughs> My ideas are not good ideas. They're just chaos. All right, rapid fire. We got five of them this week. We're going to start with number one. Uh, run, Ricky, run. Former Heisman winner and NFL running back Ricky Williams had his name changed. Uh, Eric Williams' official name is now Eric Miron, as he is Myron. taken Myron, whatever. He's not. Part of the he's not giving <laughs> He's not. Yeah. It was Miron. Miron and not Marron. Myron, as he has now taken his wife's name. Yeah. That's it. So um, I'll, I'll let John react because I actually have information on it. So I, I don't mind it. I mean, Ricky's always kind of marched to the beat of his own drum, so you know. Do it if it makes you happy. Keep going with it. I uh, I thought the relationship astrology class was kind of interesting. I, I don't know what that would entail, but it definitely piqued my interest. So, yeah, do you, Ricky? Um, I was talking to my wife about that because Ricky Williams is my favorite NFL player of all time. Because uh, in my formative years as a Miami Dolphins fan, we had the best running back in the league in Ricky Williams. Um, and of course, um, when he was suspended for smoking a lot of pot, I was a kid who smoked a lot of pot. So <laughs> I, I, I saw I saw something simpatico in, in between myself and Ricky. Um, I actually uh, heard the sound clip because I was curious about it. I saw it on Twitter and uh, listened to that segment on the Levitard show where um, it actually came up because his name in the Zoom link was Eric Myron. And so they asked him about it. And he's like, well, that's my name. And Dan Levitard, who know, who's known him basically since since high school, said, well, no, that's not your name. He said, well, the reasons he changed his name to Myron was um, because he thought it would be a nice gesture for his wife, but also that the name Williams is likely a slave name and that he has no relationship with it and has never had a relationship with his father. So the name Williams didn't actually mean anything to him. And so symbolically, it was sort of breaking from the, the he, him who uh, he was at the time uh, when he played football to this new version of him. I am with you about the relationship astrology. I've told my wife, like, hey, he is my favorite NFL player of all time. Do you want to spend a, a couple of bucks and have him read our astrology charts? I don't believe in astrology at all, but I just thought it'd be cool to do, a cool experience. Um, and then, of course, I got really shy because I don't want Ricky knowing about any issues I might have in my marriage. <laughs> of which I don't know that I have any, but if he finds them, I don't want Ricky to judge me. I just want him to love me because he's my favorite player of all time. Maybe he's trying to make a comeback and wants to sell more jerseys. I think he just wants to sell more weed. He's got a he's got a cannabis <laughs> company in Florida. That also works. He actually, um, not only would he not come back, I heard this story about Ricky Williams. I, th I think I'll just take a, a quick aside because I think it's interesting. After um, his Heisman award-winning season, he confided uh, with journalist and, and friend Dan Levitard and said um, that he wasn't sure. He's like, yeah, so... I don't need to declare for the draft, right? I can just like take some time off, a year or two, and then declare then. And everyone around him was telling him he was insane. And he just, he never really saw his life as being a pro football player. He just happened to be really, really good at it. And uh, he struggled his whole career with defining himself as an NFL player. And it just, I thought it was interesting. Like, everybody's like, okay, well, yes, I'm amazing. I'll enter the draft. And he's like, I don't know if I want to do this. You know, so I, I thought that was a... Uh, Interesting insight to his character. All right, next. Stand with Naz. Colorado Avalanche player Nazem Kadri shared a slew of DMs that were threatening in nature and for the most part very racist. The Muslim hockey community uh, included the names of the people who sent the DMs in the post. Um, since then, actually, I have more on this. It was, it was actually my mistake, Eagle. I didn't write Muslim hockey player, but good try with the Muslim hockey community. Whatever. <laughs> uh, to add to this... Apparently, the former social media manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs has come out and said, oh, yeah, we used to get a lot of this, too. You have no idea, essentially, under official account. And then also, um, some of these people are now themselves getting threats in their DMs and saying, take our names down. We don't want to get this. It's harmful. Oh. Wow. Shocker. 
Oh no! It turns out uh, that you have to be held accountable for saying a bunch of bullshit. I really feel bad for the racists. I, it's weird. We've gotten to this point where it's like the the request is often, "Oh no, we need to protect the rights of the racists." No, it's okay. No. You're an asshole. It's okay that the world knows you're an asshole. I'm yeah. sorry if you lost your job because you're a racist. I mean, also burner accounts. Really? I mean, come on. Like, at least how no, stupid can you be? At least. What, like. Here's the thing. You, you're making a choice to be racist. Like, you don't have to be. You can simply choose not to be. It's like if I wake up in the middle of the night, I can choose to eat cat food. And I don't know have a cat, so it would be super weird. But I can choose to go out, get cat food, and eat it. I don't make that choice every day. Just don't eat cat food. No. Uh, so for me, this story has two sides to it. One, I'm super happy that the people who felt like they had this false veil of protectivity are getting exposed. Yeah. Um, I know one guy I, I saw, I kind of went down the rabbit hole and I saw one story of a guy who got kicked out of his fraternity um, and they were like, no, we don't want to be associated with you. And power to them. Well done. Um, the other thing I want to just kind of say to like, you know, I want to commend Kadri for what he's done. Um, he's had a history of taking moments like this and getting his frustration out in a way that gets him suspended. And instead of doing that, he took it, just internalized it, and he, you could, you know, you see the maturity in, in him since he was with Toronto, and he just channeled that into scoring a hat trick, and he won the game. And at the end of the day, he got the last laugh, and he, you know, I, I can't imagine what he's going through, but it just shows how resilient he is and how much he's grown as a person, and good for him. The thing I know about Kadri as a casual and a tough fan is taking dumb penalties in important times. So, you know, that's definitely. Definitely seems to be the case. I will say that in a lot of the reporting, um, I'm not sure if he himself or the reporters have found this to be the case where they credit a lot of it to his wife who has helped him handle a lot of the social media issues, a lot of the bullying. and it, It's cool to find someone to be able to lean on that way. So, you know, yeah. shout out to him. It's awesome. Yeah. All right, next. TSA beatdown. Former NFL and CFL player Brandon Langley was arrested for assaulting a United Airlines employee. Uh, we have a video here, which I think the news has come out that essentially the employee kind of instigated the fight. Kind of Admittedly, that makes no sense. Why would you do that to anyone? And then you get sucked. So I you got to keep your guard up, bro. After yeah. you throw, you can't, you can't keep your hands around your waist. It would be awesome if, because behind him, I can't tell if that's a conveyor belt, but if it was on and he like, oh, yeah. like <laughs> <trying to laughs> into the baggage area yeah. and everything, yeah. it was, a, for sure it was, 100%. I'd like to see it like continue to various parts in the airport, like into the baggage claim, um, at, uh, you know, customs, uh, the gift shop, uh, just like smashing through perfume bottles. Uh, it's okay though. It doesn't cost that much money cause they're duty free. So at least there's that you do save a bit of cash as you're smashing through shops. It's, I, I don't understand. I don't understand some of these public altercations where it never occurs to me to be like, I'm going to punch this giant dude in the face and see what happens. So I, Langley, don't, have that impulse. He, I don't have that impulse. He was charged with simple assault, uh, but United has terminated their employee for obvious reasons. Because yeah. in what situation is assaulting your customer the correct course of action? What is complicated assault then by comparison, John, if that's simple assault? You got to put out like a puzzle first. Okay. You got to lay out a puzzle on the ground and you got to figure that out and then you get to assault somebody. You're like so tired. You're like I, I don't feel like swinging. These thousand pieces took me six hours. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. All ninety percent were sky blue. I don't know. <laughs> it was terrible. I've, I'm, I'm just upset. This employee broke the first rule of Cobra Kai. You got to strike first, strike hard, no mercy. This guy's open palm slapped like, him, he and then first. Just, so it was the first. He struck rule. first. 
The second he got the rule. first part done. He yeah. he missed step two and three. Yeah, yeah. He did not strike hard or not hard. No, hard. he did not strike hard. <laughs> yeah, no. All right, next. Uh, the Bronx Boober. Uh, New York Yankee Josh Donaldson has come under fire for goading White Sox Tim Robinson by calling him Jackie, referring to Jackie Robinson. This has earned him Tim a one-game suspension, I think. Tim Anderson. Lots of typos this week. It's okay. Not your fault, Eagle. Tim I'm Anderson. reading it as it says. I, just full apology. We're, that was just a typo. Nothing was meant by that. Tim Anderson. My mistake, Eagle. Feel free to proofread the script before the show. I did, though. considering you had American Airlines. And I, I did. United I did. There's so many <laughs> Literally, there's a mistake in every of the uh, in all of the rapid fire topics. Um. Yeah. Um. So some background. Tim Robbins. Uh, Anderson. Tim Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Who, by the way, one of my favorite players in Major League Baseball. He's awesome to watch. Um, he he said in, in well he said a couple things in the interview. What's he he said first that baseball was boring and that he didn't enjoy watching it. Um, he then also said that he he was going to be the Jackie Robinson of making baseball fun. Um, that's one connotation. But Josh Johnson's a white player calling him Jackie Robinson. I know the intention is is likely not to be racist. At the same time, you got to know that um, it's going to be a tricky line. To, I, I can't see somebody who said they're going to be the Rosa Parks of making the bus fun see her on the bus and say, what's up, what's up, Rosa Parks? Like, it's, it's a bad look. Um, I, Josh Solonson's, I, I wish I had, I couldn't find the clip of his apology. It was the most meat-headed thing I'd ever heard. It was pretty awesome. It was clear to me, just by his inability to coherently answer a question, that he wasn't thinking ahead because I don't think he has that capacity. Uh, but at the same time, just think and then if you get just say you're sorry it's okay it's a mistake yeah. i'm sorry we wrote tim robinson in the script so it's that easy it's that easy just do that just say you're sorry that's it it's I not a big deal part, don't make it a big deal by refusing to apologize i can't remember who it was but one of the players on the Reds or the white Sox, excuse me came out and they're like usually inside jokes are between people who like each other yeah and get guys, along these guys clearly it, don't they don't get along, so it's just like I don't know why you thought that this was an acceptable attempt at an inside joke. Yeah, just generally don't joke with people you're not. Familiar. Yeah, that, yeah, maybe that should be like the, the the first part of your thought process. Yeah. And our last one for today: dial N for murder. Nancy Brophy, the author of the book How to Murder Your Husband, was recently found guilty of murdering her husband. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of the O.J. Simpson book where he said, I did it, or th th it was it was written big, I did it, but it was like, if I did it, this is how I would have done the murders. Um, maybe don't tell on yourself so much. It's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's like, here, is it John that the, she simply put out this book and said, if I'm this obvious, if I'm this forthright, there's no way people can think that I am clearly at 67 years old shot my husband in the kitchen. She was trying to be the first person to hide in plain sight and get away with it. Like, I don't know. And like, there's so like, she's a writer. There's so many books where like the wife kills the husband or husband kills the wife and they, they cut up the person and, and roast them in the oven and serve it as, as the police come to investigate the missing, missing person or, or serve it at a family dinner for only his family or whatever it is, whatever it is. There's so many creative ways, you know, buried in the garden and, Make it seem like, uh, you know, oh, was just, the fertilizer was just great this year. Whatever it is. Shouldn't you be the one person who's qualified to get away with murdering your husband if you literally wrote the book on it? <laughs> for for those who might be interested, Lamb to the Slaughter by Renaud Dahl is a great story. Renaud Dahl, that's, the one, that's exactly what I was thinking of, Eagle. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know how you get the simplest names wrong. You struggled with Ronald Dahl, famous American writer, and Josh Donaldson. Is it just the Ronald Donald sound you struggle with? 
Ronald McDonald. <laughs> was, was McDonald's just traumatic for you as a child? Yes. You had you had issues in the ball pit. Yeah, I, when I went to go sit on the benches, he touched me in all the wrong places. Makes sense. Makes sense. That would that would do that to anybody. Uh, Eagle, thank you for ending the jo- the night on a terrible, terrible joke. Uh, John, thank you for joining us. I know you're super busy, so I really do appreciate any time uh, you make for us. Thanks for joining the show. Uh, for Anytime. those who have uh, liked, subscribed, rated, reviewed, all that stuff, thank you for that. And for those who haven't, please do so. We do enjoy that, and it also helps us keep providing the show for free to you on a weekly basis. Uh, thank you for all of that. And most of all, thank you for letting me be myself. You've been listening to Hot Sauce Sports. Hot Sauce Sports.